Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. My next guest is director, senior nutritionist and research director at Glenville Nutrition. She's also a member of the wellness crew who provides support to employees in business on nutrition, physical and mental health and financial, by the way. Uh, today, Kira Wright joins us to talk primarily about nutrition and fertility. And Kira, let me say, I'm so looking forward to talking to you. Thank you for joining us on the show. Not at all. I'm delighted to you, be here. You are very welcome. First up, it is a fact, a lot of couples struggle to consider um, before somebody heads the IVF route, is it worth looking at nutrition and lifestyle? Definitely. That's 100%. Absolutely. Um, and and the, the statistics say one in six, one in five couples, but we all know that they're probably underreporting a little bit. So there are definitely a lot of couples out there that are trying and maybe struggling. And we know also that couples are leaving it a little bit later in life so they can have a little bit more trouble than maybe they're expecting. So looking at your nutrition and lifestyle is an easy first step and everybody should do it whether they're having trouble or not. I mean, when we get pregnant, often that's the first time we look at our diet and our lifestyle to think, actually, maybe we should be changing a few things. We stop the alcohol, we cut down on the caffeine and all of that. So before and just around the time, maybe when you're having the chat and thinking, will we start trying? You know, is this the time for us? Then's the time to be looking into making some nutrition and lifestyle changes. So you'd say, what, three months minimum, maybe even six months if you're having that chat to say, let's, you know, do a bit of work here on our own physical makeup and how we're eating, etc. That's a good time then. Yeah, that's the ideal. Of course, everybody doesn't have six (laughs) months, you know, sometimes things happen. Um, Three months is a perfect window because for, you know, for actual biological reasons, sperm take three months to be produced. And for women, we're born with all of our eggs. But if you think about it they're kind of in the deep freeze for the the whole time we're growing up and everything and then they start to come out of the deep freeze over a three month period before the winner ovulates and you can impact the egg quality quite a bit in that three months so three months is an ideal time if you have it to think about your nutrition. Now we're talking today and we're going to talk about women and men because there's two parties to this equation and we must never forget that because sometimes the focus is, you know, on the woman, you know, nearly entirely. And that that's wrong. But let's start with women and we will come on to the boys in a moment. Overweight, I've heard of in the past, you know, carrying too much weight, being obese, that in itself can be a major no-no when it comes to pregnancy. It can. It can have a big impact, specifically in conditions like polycystic ovary syndrome. And that's probably 
it's quite common and you can have kind of ranges of it. It used to be that you had to qualify these three criteria. Now we know that there's a huge, big range. And if you're having any kind of ovulatory difficulties, you could have PCOS. And being overweight in that scenario is even worse. But in general, for everybody, yes, being an o- being overweight can kind of play havoc with your hormones and can play havoc with ovulation. So it is an important factor when it comes to your fertility. Now, here's the thing. I'm in that situation today and I'm carrying whatever uh, weight is too much. And I know it that I need to lose maybe a lot, maybe a, a medium amount or maybe just a little. You have written, and I've seen this, it's very important the way you shed that weight, that to go on a crash diet, to try and lose it overnight. No, this will cause other problems. Indeed. So if you're going on a crash diet or really restricting your calories, you're going to increase your production of your stress hormone called cortisol. And that, in effect, can increase interfere with your sex hormone production as well. So you don't want to do anything extreme. You want to be converting to what's pretty well known now as the fertility diet. So there's been a whole bunch of studies and they're all slightly different and they all look at slightly different populations in a slightly different way. But they're pretty much all saying the same thing, that the diet should be less meat, less sugar, less processed foods, more fish, more of your pulses, like your chickpeas and your lentils and things, plenty of veg, plenty of fruit. So just a ve- what we all know as a, as a kind of a healthy diet. It's going to help you in the long run anyway. It's going to make for a healthier pregnancy. It's probably going to reduce your re- risk of gestational diabetes, all of those kind of things. There's going to be lots of benefits to doing that. But it is generally going to be a good fertility diet and probably help you lose weight as well. Okay, so shed the weight gradually, get your diet in sync. In the Mediterranean, I take it, they're more fertile than us in this neck of the woods because you you mentioned the Mediterranean diet. That's effectively the Mediterranean diet with a little mm. bit of quirks, yeah. Mm. Um, so and they have other things down there like the sun. So uh, <laughs> to help, I know. So they have much more vitamin D than we do, and that is linked with your fertility. So we, studies have shown that countries in the north of Europe, so the further away from the hemisphere, mm. have the higher rates of infertility, and we tend to conceive more in the summer months than we do in the winter months, and that is supposedly linked to your vitamin D. Now, where does BMI fit into this body mass index? You know, I was looking at it before you came today and I was just looking at the height and the weight and what's ideal and that. Is that a good measure? It's a very crude measurement. So the reason it's used is because it's really easy for everybody to do themselves and it's really easy to do on a massive population. But it's not very accurate, particularly if you exercise and you have any kind of muscle mass. That's actually going to bring your weight up, but you're really lean. You don't have a lot of body fat. So the example is, I don't remember, if you remember the movie Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course I do. A a classic (laughs) So Danny DeVito, short, a little bit overweight, yep. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, built like a house. They have the same BMI. So you can see because Arnie weighs a ton, but he's pure lean muscle, he, his BMI means nothing. He's I'd actually, I actually can't believe that, that you've said that. But that is a <laughs> yeah, fact. That's a fact, yeah. And that really sums it up, you know, that yeah. a crude measurement, as you say. But one that's not bad if you, if you have to refer to it, it's OK. Yeah, a great one to do is to look at the weight that you carry around your middle. So that's the bad fat that causes inflammation, which can have an impact on your fertility and can impact on your hormones. So what we do is say to get any length of rope or string or you can use the cord off your dressing gown. 
and stand on one end and hold it up to the tip top of your head. So you're taking your height, mm-hmm. fold it in half and then see if that goes around your waist. So your waist should be less than half of your height. So if you can't close that cord around your belly, then you're a little bit... I'm going to get a cord <laughs> at half three as soon as this okay, shows I'll wait. Up. I am just <laughs> dying to do that now. That's a great tip, isn't it? And a very easy thing to do. You can do and it a better home. rudimentary measure, you'd say, than the BMI. Absolutely, yeah. And an easy thing to do at home. That is brilliant. So there you are. That's your homework on late lunch from Kira for this afternoon, if you do nothing else. Let's talk about the boys for a moment. Um, because men, you know... <laughs> Uh, are probably quite, they are quite different. We are quite different to the female species. Um, Overweight, again, carrying weight for a man who's trying to have a baby with his partner is a major problem also. Yes, that's also a problem. And male fertility, as you're mentioning, is just as important. So it's 50-50 female fertility and male issues and we'd always recommend that you do get your checks done at the start. Traditionally years ago it used to be the woman would pop down to the GP and get her hormones checked and get herself a big checked out but we highly recommend that the men get checked out from the get-go. There's no point in the woman doing tests and waiting a year later and then finding out that it's a male problem as well. So both in it together and you know if you both have to lose a bit of weight then doing it together is going to be far easier and changing your diet and, you know, having each other for support Um, and losing that middle weight like we've been talking about. So again, standing on your scales sometimes isn't very effective. If you're doing a little bit of extra exercise, which is something we'd recommend to lose a few pounds, you could be increasing your muscle mass and standing on your scales and nothing is moving and you're getting awfully frustrated. Feel it in your belt. If your belt is getting looser, you're doing the right thing. Okay, and that's a simple rule of thumb as well. Now for the sperm, and very important it is, key of course, hot baths for boys. No? So yeah, temperature has been shown to, and that's one of the reasons why the testicles are on the outside of the body, to keep the temperature lower. So if you go and get into a hot bath or a sauna or you wear you know, tight cycling shorts or you use heated car seats or the laptop on the lap, when you're working at home, you know, on hours on end, you can feel the, the heat of your laptop, can't you? <laughs> Tell me about it. I've often been editing stuff on the laptop for here and I know what you're actually talking about. But really, heated car seats. Yes, heated car seats are to be avoided as well. So anything that's going to increase the heat of that scrotal area. Now, in saying that, some of the research will, you know, they'll be really, they'll be wearing these heating belts and they'll really increase the temperature for quite a lot. And maybe that's not realistic as to what happens in the in the real world. But if there's small things you can do, if you have a problem and you can fix it, the great thing about sperm is that they're they're produced every single day. So they're being made all the time. So mm. any little changes you make can make that next set of sperm that you make that little bit better. What about the mobile phone? Because it, it tends to heat. You know, there's a bit of heat in this thing and some people carry it in their pockets as well, close to the erogenous zone. Should you watch out for that? Yeah, and again, there's only a small amount of research, although there's more research coming out now on that. And again, if it doesn't bother you, so the thing about lifestyle recommendations is there's no harm in it. Are you, is there any harm in taking your mobile phone out of your pocket and being a little bit mindful about leaving it on the table instead of leaving it in your pocket, uh, putting it in your bag or putting it in your coat pocket instead of your jeans pocket? There's simple things that you can just be a little bit mindful of. There's zero risk involved. Do you know what I mean? So there's there's no harm in trying these things if you think you have or if a test has told you that you have an issue with your sperm and it might just help you a lot. 
Exercise, you know, exercise will, of course, help to reduce weight. And I know you talk about moderate exercise. You don't have to start running 5Ks or 10Ks or marathon. But but a, a bit of exercise also in this context is helpful, very helpful. Very helpful. So inflammation is a source of... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns damage in the body let's say so if you imagine inflammation being a little bit like a fire and what we call antioxidants are like fire extinguisher you need antioxidants to protect your sperm and you don't want inflammation in your body which is damaging so gentle exercise can reduce inflammation in the body and can reduce things like stress and of course manage your weight so gentle and moderate exercise is good you're dead right you shouldn't embark on these on a triathlon for the first time ever when you're trying to conceive it could mess with your hormones it could cause excess inflammation and excess stress which you don't want but bringing down stress levels bringing down inflammation and then making sure you have enough antioxidants in your body comes from your nutrition Kira writes with us on late lunch this afternoon and we're talking about nutrition and fertility can I come now to, to lifestyle matters and of course many people enjoy a tipple maybe one too many at times as well Kira. Uh, you know to indulge in food at times you know the takeaway is there we go out eating as well it's so easy to eat bad food. Talk about alcohol first and and, and the implications of too much alcohol on fertility. Okay, so the good news is you don't have to abstain abstain entirely. So that's good news. There's a cheer. I hear a cheer. And and we always say moderation, take it, you know what I mean? Don't go mad. Everything in moderation. So if you stick to the general guidelines and you're having a glass of wine at the weekend with your dinner, that's absolutely fine. If you're doing IVF, now that's slightly different. You're taking an awful lot of medications, hormones. You would be well recommended to just stay off the alcohol during that time. But for normal couples or for anyone just trying to conceive, you don't have to come off it altogether until you're actually pregnant. Um, Cutting down now, if you are taking a bit too much at the weekend or binging is probably a good idea. Probably more more so from the weight point of view, actually. There's no real, you know, direct evidence that alcohol has a massive impact, let's say, on sperm health or egg quality. But just in moderation, it's a good idea. And it's no good, as you alluded to earlier on when we were speaking about having uh, the test done by one party and not the other. It's no good the lady or the man cutting down on alcohol, you know, one or other, it's both. Both need to yeah. engage here. Yes. Yes. And if you can do it together, of course, that's the easiest thing to do because then you'll maybe go to the cinema instead of going to the pub and maybe do some 
less alcohol related socialising mm. or you know yourself that you'll be able to give each other the nod right we're going now you know it's getting a bit too yes. <laughs> saucy here we'll head home we're trying to be sensible or whatever Good and stuff. then you both get up fresh in the morning yeah. and neither person is feeling the effects of it and you can go off and do something fun for the day What about the whole area of smoking now I know how many years have we been told about this lots of people have given up smoking we know this Fantastic in yes The ban in public places socialised has been absolutely brilliant I suppose it's convincing younger people now not to take up the habit. younger people that are smoking than ever. It's fantastic. A no-no here? Absolutely. Yes, definitely no-no. Definitely no-no. And almost more so for the men. So during pregnancy, absolute no-no. I mean, it interferes with the oxygen delivery to the baby. It has pretty severe effects. I think we all know that, that Mm. you're not meant to smoke during pregnancy. But even in the run-up while you're producing, making sperm, so in that three-month lead-up, to a pregnancy, smoking damages the DNA. Okay, so that's why, you know, it gives us lung cancer and things like that. But it also damages the DNA within the sperm. Now, to a certain extent, that can be repaired, but beyond a little bit of damage, it can't be repaired. And that can cause a lot of problems. So it not only can, can prevent you conceiving in the first place, it could cause a miscarriage or it can have genetic effects going on into the offspring that you Mm. might not even know about. So smoking in men is a real no-no if you can cut it out. Best not. That's the message today. Let's come back to nutrition and food in particular. And I'm going to talk about a a wee menu I have here that that you produced in in one of your papers. But just before that, you know, we love the takeaway. You know, people love the takeaway. Well, you know, it should be once in a while, but some people eat quite a bit of takeaways and eat out a lot. And, you know, it's very easy to obtain poor food in, in, in this country, especially. You know, it's deep fried. It's not good for you. High in fats, you name it. What's OK in a week, say in an average week to have, you know, to pig out on a takeaway and enjoy something like that? Yeah, so on, I mean, most people, a lot of people would have takeout, say, once a week, maybe on a Friday night. We're Is that all okay? tired. It depends on the takeaway. There are healthier versions of takeaway. I mean, Thai food in general, it would be a lot healthier. Even some Indian foods would be a lot healthier, maybe than the chipper or even the pizza. So they would be very, very high in saturated fat, very little nutrients in them whatsoever. Whereas a Thai curry has some coconut milk in it. It has got a bit of saturated fat, maybe not quite so much as the deep fried foods. You might even be able to sneak a few vegetables in there. It's served with rice, which is usually just steamed. You can, of course, opt usually ask for the brown or the wild rice or something. But even if you don't, rice is going to be better than deep fried chips. So I would always recommend go for a curry or something like that. It still takes away the cooking and yes. cleaning and that's what yeah. we're really all trying to get away from at the end of the week <laughs> <laughs> So listen don't deny yourself that but be wise and try and eat as healthily as possible and pick your menus and your destinations for the takeaway as well Now I had a look at a little recommendation you made and I suppose it's the thing is and I know this it, it's the lazy option to go for the takeaway frequently and you know to go for the convenience that you buy in the supermarkets as well but it's not hard to rustle up I'm just looking at here your plan here so let's begin with breakfast. And this is all, folks, again, in relation to fertility, but in, in life in general as well. You recommend, I had two eggs this morning. I'm delighted, Kira, to be able to Super. tell you that, but that was a big exception. I normally don't <laughs> eat breakfast, I have to be honest with you. Two boiled eggs, tomato with a slice of whole grain toast. 
good start to the day. Yes. Great start to the day. Plenty of protein, lovely choline in those eggs that is great for pregnancy. Um, that'll keep you going and it'll prevent you, hopefully, from snacking earlier on in the day. And then when we talk about that mid-morning snack, snack most people, we go in here, the cups of tea and coffee, Kira, that fly about in here. That kitchen is full of cakes and buns that are sent in to us. You know, it's a minefield in here in LMFM Radio. But you, you talk about, you know, fresh carrot, pepper sticks and hummus. Yes, if you can stretch to it. So often what we say to people, it's, it's organisation is the key. If you're making a really big effort to be healthy, bring in your lunch or unless you know that there's a good lunch place nearby or at least maybe bring in a snack. So chop up a pe- pepper or something. You might be doing it anyway for your, mm. you know, kids lunchbox or something like that. Not if you're going for fertility. Um, but piece of fruit, like just bring in a piece of fruit from home. Ideally, of course, you'd have a lovely fruit bowl in your office <laughs> instead of the basket of donuts or whatever it is or the muffins. Um, but if you could bring a piece of fruit and a handful of nuts from home. It's nothing that has to be cooked yes. or prepared in detail. Yeah. The nice before. for mid-morning. Lunchtime, the wrap, something like that and a bit of fruit again, yes? Yeah, perfect. If you can go for soup or salad, that's fine. And, you know, wrap is just a better option than, say, the baguette. There's an awful lot of carbohydrate there in, the, in a baguette. And even in a sandwich, if you visualise a sandwich versus a salad and you were thinking about the vegetables that might get into a salad or mm. a sandwich, you might get a couple of slices of tomato, maybe a leaf of lettuce, perhaps a bit of onion. That's about all that will fit into a sandwich. Whereas if you visualise a whole plate of salad, you're going to be getting about three of your five portions of veg right there and then for your lunch, Mm. rather than maybe not even half in a sandwich. Yes. So if you can opt for a salad or even an open sandwich, again, if you're making it yourself, instead of the two slices of bread, bring one slice of nice brown soda bread, put the chicken or the tuna or the egg or whatever on top, and then a little bit of salad around the side. Doesn't need to, you don't need to be a gourmet chef to mm. make a salad. Mm. Chop up a couple of raw veggies and throw them in a lunchbox. Mid-afternoon snack, rice cakes, peanut butter, banana sliced. Again, a parallel with the morning nearly as such. Yes, and you might not need a mid-morning and a mid-afternoon yeah, snack. One. You might just need one or the other, depending on your day. Some people's days start at six in the morning. They might need a mid-morning snack. Some people are a little bit later, but they find that if they eat lunch at one, they don't get home through the commute. They're not eating till seven. That's a very long gap to have mm. until their dinner. So if they can have a mid-afternoon snack, then that'll keep That keeps you going. going. And yeah. your body tells you as well, if you're hungry, you need something and have something healthy. It's talking to you. Yes, and if you have to wait all the way till seven-ish to have your dinner, the chances are you're going to be very stressed, which can play havoc with your hormones, but also you're going to overeat at your dinner time because yeah. you'll be ready to Ravenous. And then it's the full and it's lining your belly and it's there all <laughs> night. You wake up in the morning and say, what the hell did I have all that stuff for yesterday evening? But finally, just la- last thing, dinner time, say round the evening time, early evening of that. I just saw on this your suggested menu. I love it. Baked salmon with oven roast vegetables and a small baked potato. Mm, that's my kind of oh, good. tea time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. if you can get in oily fish, oily fish are really high in omega-3. Good for fertility? Excellent for fertility. The outside of sperm is effectively made of omega-3 fats. So if you're not getting enough in your diet, you're not going to have enough to make lovely health. What about sperm. supplements? 
So supplements are always there to supplement your diet. So obviously you need to have a good healthy diet in the background. And then there are key supplements that are very important. I mentioned vitamin D. So during the winter, almost all of us should be taking vitamin D. Best thing to do is to test your levels because you can have too high and you can have too low. Um, Similarly, there is antioxidants that help protect our sperm and protect our eggs as they're developing. So these would be vitamins like vitamin C, vitamin E and the, the minerals that form antioxidant compounds are, vitam- are zinc and selenium. So we get them in our fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds. So we always try and get a handful of nuts in as a snack or throw some seeds in on your breakfast or whatever. But if you don't have high enough uh, levels, getting something in in a, in a good fertility um, supplement is, is a good place to start. It's a good addition as well. Fascinating. Well, if you haven't got it in one there this afternoon, I don't know what to say. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. And Kira, if people want to find out more information about you and what you do. Uh, ie for the nutrition related to fertility. And then I also run a corporate wellness company um, called The Wellness Crew. So that's thewellnesscrew.ie. Thank you so much. See you again. Thank you, Jerry. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.